<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show, coming to you from the U.S. of A. Welcome. Delighted to have you with us. There's security in numbers, so I'm doubly delighted that we're together today to take up the fight against the Marxist left. They're battling to destroy this great nation and our guaranteed liberty and freedom for all our citizens, the American family, our Judeo-Christian culture, our heritage and history as the world's only constitutional republic, the only one that has succeeded over the almost 250 years of our existence. But here we are today. In the midst of what the Marxist Dems would call insurrection, that's what they insist on calling the January 6th demonstrators who trespassed on Capitol Hill. Insurrection. The vast majority of the Trump supporters at the Capitol that day were peaceful, law-abiding, and even orderly. A small fraction of them chose to act as a mob, and dozens of them are charged with serious felonies. But because the Dems are exploiting for their partisan purpose those few hours that afternoon in and around the Capitol, the Dem leadership has acted like the Marxist totalitarians that they are, denying bail, keeping Trump supporters in jail, in some cases for more than a year. And think of that, leftist Soros financed DAs across the country aren't even prosecuting serious felonies. And now, for offenses that amount to nothing more than trespass and other misdemeanors, the U.S. Justice Department is persecuting hundreds of our fellow citizens. That's the same Justice Department that doesn't prosecute Antifa and Black Lives Matter activists who attack citizens and property without fear of consequence. And in fact, most don't face even arrest, and the leftist prosecutors of the Justice Department aren't prosecuting the pro-abortion demonstrators who are showing up at the homes of Republican Supreme Court justices now, trying to intimidate them into changing their votes against Roe v. Wade. So let's call those who would intimidate our Supreme Court what they are. They're thugs. They're the definition of insurrectionists acting to incite fear in the federal government. The attacks of Trump supporters and President Trump are to this point unending and ugly. And today we have with us a great defender of President Trump. He's Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, who also hosts his own podcast, branded appropriately Firebrand. And Matt is all of that. Welcome, Congressman. Great to have you back on The Great America Show. I'm glad to be here, Lou, though I do have to say I'm a bit surprised that I'm hearing my own leadership on recordings saying that it might be a crime that I was criticizing Liz Cheney for being anti-Donald Trump. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Well, you're doing great as far as I'm concerned, because I think a man is known as well by his enemies as his friends. Uh, and every dog's got his fleas, and you are just, uh, you know, I, I mean, I cannot believe the way those two people were talking. And I compliment you for calling them out for their outrageous, contradictory, and and I think absolutely treacherous uh, remarks uh, in a conversation of all people is Cheney. Right. I mean, I was defending President Trump 
from a ridiculous impeachment. They were defending Liz Cheney from what I consider to be fair criticism. I didn't say that anyone should hurt Liz Cheney. I didn't say that Liz Cheney was a bad person. I said that she was anti-Trump. I said that her views from that point going forward would more align with the Democrats than the Republicans I was speaking to. But here's the thing, Lou. Liz was in leadership at the time. And what a lot of people in leadership think about most throughout their day is how to preserve their power and how to grow their power. And so to them, and this is very instructive on their thinking, something was so potentially violent, something was so potentially criminal about my suggestion that Liz Cheney would be more in line with the Democrats and thus wouldn't be proper as a Republican leader, that like that was the grave threat. You know, not the threat that the Democrats were going to distract the country, throw us into shambles, violate every norm and protocol we had. <laughs> they were worried about criticism from within. I think we need leadership that understands the fight we're in and that understands who the enemy is. And the enemy isn't President Trump. Uh, the enemy is on the other side of the aisle. And they're serious. I mean, they're out there right now doing everything they can to solidify power, I think, through stolen elections, through changes to the election system, through illegal Im immigration, where there's an erosion of voter ID so that we know that everyone who's voting is actually a citizen of our country and that everyone voting intends to vote. So I think this is all part of kind of a grand plan. And the new overlay, the new kind of, um, I think, infrastructure that the Biden administration is trying to build to this corrupt regime is this new ministry of truth, this new board to tell you and me what disinformation is or isn't. And uh, I just can't believe we're in a day where the government says it's their job to tell the people what is true and what is not. I mean, they, th this is the group of people that probably would have banned Galileo if they could. Oh, they would, or, or perhaps, uh, well, George Washington, because they were very concerned about the fact you were speaking out uh, and at one point, uh, McCarthy actually said with the leadership that Gates was, quote, putting people in jeopardy. He was particularly concerned with comments the Florida Republican made that attacked Liz Cheney in the aftermath of the January 6th riot. Uh, it, it is they read and I'm talking about Steve Scalise and I'm talking about uh, Kevin McCarthy. These two talk like, frankly, uh, you know freshman or sophomore high school girls talking about uh, who had just joined the clique or who was getting thrown out of it. It was absolutely silly uh, and gossipy and, and really melodramatic beyond belief. I think we learn about a lot of people, how they respond when the going gets tough. And my instinct in the wake of January 6th, was to defend President Trump, to leap to his defense, to showcase to the world the words he used about a peaceful and patriotic protest. I thought that the truth would bring down the temperature in the country. But in this circumstance, you know, the great threat was that anyone would try to dislodge Liz Cheney from leadership. Because remember, Lou, if Liz Cheney can be dislodged from leadership, then being in line to the speakership might not just be a sure thing. It might not be a coronation. There might actually be other views and other viewpoints and other perspectives on, on how to lead the Republican team, which is a really, really important job to do now. And it will be an even more important job to do if we take the majority. 
And the, the great irony, Lou, is that, I mean, it's probably Liz Cheney or a Liz Cheney acolyte or sympathizer that was recording them at this time. And so that w- while they're criticizing me and defending Liz Cheney, someone in the Cheney orbit is now burning them with their own words. It's, it's actually, yeah, I wish it wasn't happening, but it's, it's kind of poetic if you think about it. It, it. it really is. And I think they didn't know to the degree to which, uh, you know, some other people would be hurt. I think they kind of missed the target. Uh, and I'm frankly cheering because, as you know, I've called for the resignation or the firing, however you want to put it. I believe the conference should have dismissed Kevin McCarthy just based on his comments uh, following January 6th about the president. Then as we learn more about the comments about you and uh, others uh, in the leadership conference calls, I've just, I, I'm stunned. I'm absolutely flabbergasted at why in the world the conference puts up with that kind of that puts kind of lack it, of character. I mean, what what was your blood pressure reading when you saw the news that after the most recent tapes had been released, Kevin McCarthy received a standing ovation from the Republican conference? <laughs> I, I thought mean, to myself, what up with it? He was he was. He, he, he received a standing ovation yeah. when, and I just, I thought that was so debasing of the conference to be yeah. so like willing to be lied to. And let me posit a hypothesis and allow you to attack it. If you, if you disagree, it's, it's not about the truth. It's about money. People get burned in relationships and in politics when they violate sort of the essential understood covenant of the agreement. And the covenant between Republican leadership and the Republican conference isn't really based on truth. It's just based on the delivery of special interest campaign donations and the doling out of leadership positions and committee chairmanships and committee slots. And right. so, so long as that's not violated, we're actually willing to be lied to. We don't care if we're lied to. And we'll even applaud the people who are not honest with us so long as the checks still cash. You know, I, man, I'm old enough to know and remember when seniority was the essence of uh, committee assignments. Uh, it really was. It's some, and people got rid of it because that was corrupt. This is so much more corrupt than the seniority system that it's not even funny. And to have everybody pretend like they're standing up applauding Kevin McCarthy for his, uh, his charisma, uh, his passion, uh, his vision, and his certitude as he leads the conference forward to victory in November is preposterous and, and laughable. Uh, and I and I guess the issue comes down to in this in this <laughs> this milieu, uh, the fact is there aren't that many people in the Republican conference who want to be speaker or to raise money except for Kevin McCarthy. What's that? Deal? Well, you may, you and I. You and I made a lot of news when we posited a hypothesis in our last discussion on The Great America Show, when we both took the position that Jim Jordan is a man with great talent and vision and ambition. You know, don't forget, Jim Jordan ran for speaker before. Integrity, uh, talent. You know, I mean, Jim ran for speaker before, and typically this is not an itch that goes away with one scratch. So while Jim posits that he is for Kevin now, you know, being for Kevin McCarthy is actually how Paul Ryan became speaker. So maybe being for Kevin McCarthy is how Jim Jordan's going to become speaker. <laughs> but let me ask you, let me ask you a, a tough question, Lou. Uh-oh. What responsibility 
do, and you know I love you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the cannons on you for a moment. Uh, all what right. responsibility do you think you have for this? Because at a time when Kevin, when a lot of conservatives were very cautious about Kevin McCarthy, you would give him a platform and you would give him these glowing introductions and you would allow him to come and talk about how much he was fighting for the America First agenda. And I mean, I think he could do your show right before hitting up all the lobbyist dinners that were coming after. And I just thought to myself, actually, I think I said to you, I said, Lou, what are you doing? Why do you give this guy this incredible platform to be able to go and represent something other than what we see day in, day out? And you said that you thought you could have a good influence on him. That by coming on the I, show, I said that? by having frank discussions, you did. You said to me that you thought having him on the show, you thought you could make him a better version of himself. And, you know, what do you see now? Well, man, I, I, I hate to tell you, we, we, we're, at a, we're at a crossroads here. Now, either I've got a real bad memory or you've got a, a, a great imagination because I don't recall such a conversation. I'm not going to say that it didn't happen uh, because, after all, I am of an age. Uh, but I just can't imagine that. And by the way, I'm not much on reform. I'm more about uh, you know, recognizing character uh, and capacity and performance. And otherwise, I'm not here to train people and sure as heck not here to train a congressman or a, or a speaker. Uh, I, I just can't imagine that I said that. And if Do you I think did, Trump I, would be forgiving McCarthy if he hadn't seen McCarthy so many times on Lou Dobbs tonight? <laughs> you are something else, man. I'm trying to be nice about it. I'm telling you point blank. You're, what you're saying didn't happen now. I mean, I gave it a test. No, no, no. no. What, what did happen was you had McCarthy on your show a bunch. That did happen, right? You, you, you had McCarthy. I, I, I'll be honest with show. you. I don't think I ever had him on more than once, maybe twice. Oh, well, I, I know what we could do. Let me, let me do this. Let me ask our producer, John Fawcett. Do you recall Kevin McCarthy being on the show and me, uh, you know, kind of, kind of <laughs> re reforming him? Uh, I do believe he was on a few times and I, I think you probably did try to, to guide him in the right direction. Now I don't necessarily believe he took your, uh, your words for it, but, uh, well, we're going to have to pull, we're going to have to pull the transcripts on that one. By and the way, so, that was, if John, so that I was will John apologize. You I was right, Lou. That, I'm that sorry? was John telling you I, that was John telling you no, he what he was saying McCarthy there is he's looking for a new job. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, I think we, we do have to look forward. I want every leader that we have to be the best version of themselves. I really do. I was well, disappointed wait a minute, by wait those a minute. Now you, you attack me and now you start talking, you know, like you're at Sunday school. Come on. No, you're, listen, you're, I, I, your job is, is not to make record, people. Baby. Whoa, whoa, Matt. Now, come on. I like, I like the firebrand. I don't like this, uh, uh, proselytizing reformative uh, impulse that you're displaying. And I don't buy it because I know you don't think much of Kevin McCarthy. You call for his resignation as well. I think you would even like the job if you uh, had the, uh, the seniority. Uh, to, I would, I would to, be to, such to a great leader. I just don't have any followers, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very aware of my standing in the Republican conference and that's quite all right. But I am, I'm actually quite serious about wanting all of us in Congress to be the best versions of ourselves. Oh, come on. And let You're, me give you the model. Come on, no, come no, on, no. Man. Let me give I'll, you my I'll model. listen to this prattle from some people, but not from you. No, no, no. Okay. You're a hellraiser. You're a hellraiser. And you know what? You, at this point, talk, you know, I was talking to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene the other day, and she started evading questions because she said, uh, that, you know, she wanted to talk about something else rather than the leadership. And that's fine. 
But what isn't fine is to pretend that there's suddenly a new atmosphere in the conference. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to get away from the reality, and you laid out the reality. The reality, oh, yeah, the reality you is have the leaders that are absolute jerks, okay? And there's no other way around it. And you don't have as many MAGA as you got rhinos. And until you guys get that fixed, you're going to have a hell of a time in the Republican conference, and you know it. Here's my model. When the squad arrived in Washington, there were four of them. Let me and see. now now the entire Democratic Party acts like the squad. And what I saw is that they had an ability to show up and show fight and show muscle. And they got the rest of that Democratic conference to take a hard turn left. And so I want to observe those tactics and learn from them. And if I get more backup, more Marjorie Taylor Greens, more Lauren Boberts, more Jim Jordans, more Scott Perry's in the Congress, then yeah, I don't think we need a majority to be MAGA. I think we need a driving force and a a, a driving impulse in the conference to embrace the principles that made our country so successful under President Trump. Whether Good Lord, you're, you're, you're take, you're, you're, you're not, come on, Matt, this isn't, this isn't Matt Gates talking. Who, who got to you, Kevin McCarthy? Come on. I was well, the first guy, by me. the way, I was the first person to call for Kevin McCarthy's resignation. The first person, not you, not anybody else, me right here on this show. And, and now you're talking, uh, I, I mean, kumbaya, really? It's time oh, no, to talk I'm not straight. saying kumbaya. To well, the, what to are the you contrary. talking? I'm, I'm saying that if we are, if I go from four firebrands to 12 or 16 firebrands, I think that can influence a conference as large as 215, 220, 230 to be more effective and to not be shills for the lobby corps and to actually do the, the job that would result in wins for our people who are getting crushed right now. So it's, it's certainly not a, you know, which, which people are, what, what people are getting crushed. The American people, the American people who are, that are getting screwed by inflation, by the printing of money, by a border that's wide open by, you know, by, well, I thought you were talking about people in the conference. I, I, no, I, look, the American I mean, this, this show crushed. documents uh, all of those people being uh, crushed right now by the system. And the reason I'm arguing with you, is I don't want to see a firebrand turn into milk toast. And that is not the Matt Gates that people want to hear from. Okay. I'll just tell you straight up. Matt Gates is a straight talker and you stand up for what you believe. And that means that you inspire others to this, this business about exactly. uh, this business about bridges to nowhere, uh, you know, is ridiculous. Uh, it, it's just it's, not going to oh, work it, that it, way. It, it's, it's not a bridge, but you ha we have to get other people to behave more like us, to be effective, right? And we're only going to be able to elect so many of them. And so the ones that get elected have to influence the rest of the body to be better. Now, frankly, that oftentimes involves uncomfortable truths. You know what I mean? I stood up before conference and was hissed at and booed at when I wanted answers about why these people were saying things about me that were not based in fact. And Kevin McCarthy stood up and was lauded as a hero of the conference. Well, wait a minute. And I thought you I were the one. I thought you said I was the one that was uh, soft pedaling on Kevin. Oh, McCarthy. You, uh, it, it was you. It was not you. on this show. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. no. And let you, me tell you, you would no, have no, McCarthy way, on Lou Dobbs tonight. Whoa, 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 whoa. And you Just helped him out in that platform. 
Oh, come on. You know what? You're talking about then and you're talking about uh, recent history and nothing in recent history. I didn't I really didn't give a, a damn about McCarthy until he betrayed the president on January 6th. So you could talk about pre January 6th and you can talk about post and post. Okay, I, well, that's I think the man ought to go to, that, you know, you know, and by so, the way, so that's I, your bright sh- line. I, no, I, it's not my I bright line. It's a very simple reason. thing. It's cause and effect. No bright lines, yeah. no red lines. It's just a cause and effect. His conduct was unbecoming and certainly unbecoming anyone in leadership. And, you know, this business of saying that because I was civil to Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, I was civil at a time when he was in, effectively inert. Uh, and by the way, Kevin McCarthy got the job because nobody else could get it. What the hell was that? Hey, I campaigned for Jim Jordan. I, uh, Jim ran against Kevin. He lost. The vote was lopsided, but it was, it's a very different conference today. And, and, you know, I don't know. I hope it is. Uh, I hope it is. It's different, but I tell you it, right now, if the election were held for speaker, Kevin would win it and, and it would not be close. And uh, I don't know that there well, was shame. even strenuous opposition, but it's the truth. And so I'm, why are like you, you say, why? I'm here to tell you the truth. Well, I love it. You're, you're a truth maker and a truth taker. Uh, but here's the deal. If you guys can't get your, if you guys cannot uh, move forward uh, and demonstrate that you can change leadership and have the smarts and the guts to do it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired of them. I'm so sick and tired of rhinos outsmarting conservatives. I am so tired of watching the radical Dems get away with the murder of this country. Because you guys haven't got the energy, the imagination, and the drive to stand up and make things happen. And that's that's the problem, Matt. That is the problem in a nutshell. You had a president, for crying out loud, who did more in four years than any president since Abraham Lincoln. And it, it, it's just stunning. And here we so, are. So why, do you think, so why do you think Trump supports McCarthy for speaker? I, you know, I don't know. I can tell you this. I called it. I called it straight out. I don't like McCarthy, the president. I love his politics. And I'll tell you, he's made some of the worst personal uh, personnel charges I've ever seen anybody make. And besides that, what people don't understand, but you do Donald Trump is first and foremost. He is a nice guy and he believes in redemption for folks. I don't, I don't in politics. I think a man cast his, uh, his fate. And there you go. I can't think of a case where it's been, uh, where we've seen a man reverse his direction or woman. Have you? I, uh, well, I, I, no, I have. I mean, listen, uh, Donald Trump's about ready to give us the Supreme Court that's going to end abortion. And, and he used to describe himself as pro-choice. And I mean, we're, we're about to see Roe overturned before our very eyes. So people do change their mind. On uh, you're t- but I'm talking about politicians. You're well, talking well, about the, the best leader the country's had since Lincoln. Uh, and it's it's so great that that we're getting these wins. The, the Trump effect was so poignant that now we're still realizing the benefits from it, and it's spectacular. And I can't wait to have him back. I you and me both. I can't wait to also to find out what is Pompeo uh, pick for uh, Secretary of State's doing, getting involved in a a race in Pennsylvania, going after Doctor Oz, uh, who is by the way endorsed by endorsed by president Trump. What's that about? 
I found it a little unsettling that the former <laughs> secretary of state and former CIA director was choosing like right here, right proximate on election day to make such a stunning speech that seems to utilize the emperor of his prior role to smear someone who will have no ability to respond. And, you know, if Mike Pompeo really had really had this like grave and urgent and sincere national security concern about Dr. Oz, well, why did he wait till like Election Day, you know, to roll it out and smear him? I mean, it, it just reeks of kind of dirty politics that someone who's been the former uh, CIA director and former secretary of state should be yeah. above. And I don't even know if it's true or not, but this is not the way to resolve whether it's true or not. Uh, in some last-second smear. I think the people are actually smarter than, than to fall for something like that. Well, I'll guarantee you they're smarter than any politician. Uh, in the aggregate, it's just a question not whether they, they want to express it. Sometimes they do, like the people in your district when they selected you. But Mike Pompeo is going against a man who put him in the job, and he's telling the president to go to hell on his choice uh, to endorse in Pennsylvania. That's unseemly. And not very. Bright. Do you think that? Do you think? Do you think that it foreshadows Pompeo running against Trump in twenty twenty? I think what it foreshadows is Pompeo won't be running again. Uh, I don't think this is a move that'll ever help him, and I think it may, in fact, uh, be a mortal wound. Uh, that's what I think. Well, we'll see. I, what I do you this. think? What President, do you think? I do not bet against a Donald Trump endorsement because I've seen him go fifty-five and zero. You know, when President Trump endorses a candidate, I do what I can to support that candidate. It's why I traveled around the state of Ohio with J.D. Vance last week, um, because I want to see the, right. the president's pick prevail. Uh, so I don't you know, I, I think that uh, you were right in your criticism of some elements of the Trump presidency. It was not only the best people <laughs> that we ended up getting. It was a whole lot of people who presented like they were America first but then they were for themselves first. And that all, the, the good thing about Trump is that everyone exposes themselves eventually. You know, I mean, he, he has such kind of an information um, ecosystem around him and you have to respond to so much of his activity that the liars and the self-interested uh, always sort of end up exposing themselves. And actually, that's probably why the second term of President Trump's going to be a lot better than the first one, because we've been able to weed through a lot of people that um, that were that were working against the president's vision with very powerful roles. Yeah. And and a lot of people listening to you right now might think you're talking about the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy or perhaps the Marxist left Democrat Party. But no. Matt Gates is talking about the Republican Party and the rhinos who dominate, uh, starting with Kevin McCarthy and then Steve Scalise and the and the leadership for the, uh, you know, not as bad, actually, as the Senate, where Mitch McConnell is leading a pack of, I, I don't know what the heck you would call them, uh, you know, Thune, what would you call him? I mean, if you would, uh, I mean, if you could label I him a barrasso, huh? I think a lot of them over in the Senate are just cogs in the system. And it's a system that ignores greatly to their benefit politically, personally, financially, in a lot of cases. And, you know, that is uh, just a that is a body that, that desperately needs some youth and vigor. Uh, I'm very encouraged by what I see out of people like Josh Hawley. And I'm hoping we could send Josh Hawley some backup over there where he's where he's not alone, as he too often is, or you know, himself and Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. Uh, doing good things. But I did notice in the Senate, and I got to get your take on this, them grilling Mayorkas on this whole 
ministry of truth where the government's going to sit there and tell us what to do. I got to know your take on the goals of the Biden administration setting up an entity to categorize certain content disinformation. <laughs> well, as you might guess, being a, a person who had a, you know, a, a glancing uh, uh, interest in the public's right to know as a journalist and an insistence on the public's right to know as an advocacy and opinion uh, journalist, uh, I absolutely believe it's ignorance. And I can't believe the Republican Party's talking about getting rid of it once they get into the conference. They should be right now suing everybody associated with that that's, this, that situation and doing everything in their power. And I mean, including, I don't care, street marches, whatever it takes to have a president of the United States put out a, a, a disinformation governance board about as Orwellian a title as you could give something with a totalitarian purpose, which is to let government decide what is truth. Uh, that should be rankling every member of the conference, every Republican in the country, it actually should be the Democrat Party as well, but that's too much to ask for. But stop it. Stop it now. This is ridiculous of what we're watching. As the Biden administration rolls right over the Republican Party without a, so much as a squeak, it's disgusting to me. We're still six months from that damn election. And you know what? The GOP hasn't done a damn thing about reforming elections doing anything about drop boxes or the election season that the Democrats put in place in COVID rather than election day. And you all are just asking for another slaughter if you're not careful. Oh, we have done things in Florida on that. I, I got to give my state credit. Uh, we have banned the drop boxes. We have tightened uh, the protocols on vote by mail so that you don't have just swirls and swirls of unaccounted for ballots out there and we've actually put in legally required chain of custody for ballot boxes no matter no matter where they are even in in voting locations uh and if that you know is uh, helpful to other states uh, it needs to be what i what i'm very concerned about is the nancy pelosi chuck schumer effort to federalize elections because then they will take they're trying to federalize everything not just elections oh yeah but if they federalize elections, then Stacey, the Stacey Abrams view of ballot integrity will be nationalized. And we will, not, we will not win another election again because there will not be another honest election again. And I'm sorry if that gets your podcast banned, but that's the truth. And, you know, <laughs> I, sorry I, I, I gets, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you sorry uh, about? Uh, what was it that oh, we get this podcast banned? When you criticize the 2020 election in any way, the Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram distribution channels that you use to do this, they go put tags on the content that then suppress. Man, I got the feeling you don't even know who the hell you're, I got a feeling you don't even know who the hell you're talking to. We criticize the 2020 election every, almost every day. uh, And we do so. And by the way, we don't depend on anybody. Uh, we are an independent podcast. We're not sitting here sucking up advertising dollars and, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, locked up with some broadcasting entity who gets uh, a lot of uh, heat from advertisers because we speak the truth here. I'm big still for a lot I've said on this show, frankly. And when I get yelled at by our leadership board, I'll say, hey, listen, Dobbs called me milk toast. So he gave he, he gave I didn't shit call to you both milk of toast. Them. I said I just didn't want you to turn into that. I kind of liked you <laughs> but- as a firebrand. You got you got my commitment on that, my friend. Good deal. And uh, you know what? You get the last word here. 
And uh, I, I do like the fact that uh, uh, <laughs> you uh, said McCarthy and Scalise are weak men. That's almost as good as milk toast. It's, uh, I, I wouldn't want to be described as either, but uh, we do need to be a stronger movement because the people are depending on us, Lou. And they don't want to just see us fight and talk. They actually want to see us win battles for them. And we've got to be a lot smarter and a lot more strategic to do it. Uh, I certainly am doing my very best to try to get a group of folks in Washington that might think things a little differently, might not do things the same way we've always done them, because the way we've always done them has rolled over the American people for decades now, and they're sick of it. But thanks for letting me come on the show and share my perspective on it, and uh, I'm sure we'll make plenty of news when this drops. Well, I look forward to that always, uh, as long as we're making truth. We can make news. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Matt Gates. We, uh, I, we consider him a great American and an outstanding congressman, uh, sometimes a little fantastical in his imaginings about my conduct and my behavior, but that's okay. We love him anyway. Matt Gates, thank you. God bless you. All right. Take it easy, Lou. Thanks. Congressman Matt Gates. Thank you, everybody, for being with us today and here tomorrow. To take up what is happening in the now almost three months of war in Ukraine, Colonel Doug McGregor will also be talking about why Biden and so many of the left and 40 Republicans in the Senate act like they would like to expand the conflict in Europe. Why in the world are they doing that? We take that up here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.